I start this reflection on chapter 13, going back to chapter 12, just a little, because these chapters do really belong together. In 2006, along with a group of people I had not met before, from churches around England, we went to DR Congo in Africa through CMS. We were of mixed ages, traditions and all had different lives. We stayed at the Pan-African Institute of Medical Health in Aru, which Dr Pat Nixon had set up. Pat spent her life in service and love of her Lord and was as much at home in Congo as she was on the Wirral in England. Archdeacon David was hosting a series of four training days for the clergy and Pat was teaching. Wendy and I joined her on the perilous day-long journey by truck. The clergy travelled miles from the outlying villages in the bush. They cycled or walked and it took two to three days for some to get to us. The following day we gathered, and Pat asked us to turn to Corinthians twelve twelve to 31 Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part in it, twelve twenty seven. She taught about how God and his son Jesus became flesh and lived as one of us until he was 33, then how Jesus let his body be violently taken from him in his death on a cross for us. The son of God's body lay dead, his mother and friends left in despair and grief. How it must have felt like the end of everything, but it was not. Three days earlier, Jesus had explained to the disciples what he was about to do. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. John twelve twenty four. She explained how Jesus gave up his body to gain another body in the form of his people, the church. After the session, we gathered outside in small groups, sitting on the rocks and the grass in the sun. A pastor asked me a question. Tina, does this mean that there are two Jesuses? With all the talk of bodies, it was understandable. I suggested, shall we look at it again together and find out? So we sat down together and looked at the passage in chapter 12. We pondered over God's word to us as best we could, with actions and words. His limited English speaking certainly surpassed my one word in Lingala. What was Paul telling us in the middle of all this teaching on spiritual gifts? We concluded that these gifts are given freely, and they are gifts of grace, and Paul urges us all to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit, not for individual glory, but to use them to build up his body, the church here on earth. For when Jesus ascended bodily to heaven, it did not mark the end of his earthly incarnation. It enabled him to pour out his spirit on his church, his body. Jesus has turned us, his spirit-filled people, the church, into the continuation of his bodily ministry here on earth, and that there was only one Jesus. In Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. 12 verse 6. We went back to the church to hear more from chapter 13, our chapter for today. If I have the gift of prophecy, and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. 1 Corinthians 13 3. Paul was saying that we may have all the charismatic gifts, which is good, 
But if we use them without love, it achieves nothing, makes us nothing and gains us nothing. Paul was addressing the spiritual pride of the body of Christ in the church in Corinth in chapter twelve thirty one. You are eagerly desiring the so-called greater gifts. It was a warning that spiritual competitiveness must be stopped. Instead of using the gifts as God intended to build up the church, the body of Christ, the Corinthians were creating divisions. The church in Corinth was very diverse. It was made up of men, women and children, rich and poor, Jew and Gentile, slaves and free, all with different gifts and skills. It transgressed all the social boundaries. The diversity began to cause disagreement. If you look at 1 Corinthians 1.10 and rivalry, they took sides with one teacher or another. The church was fragmented rather than enriched by difference. Paul knows that God is concerned about how we do church because we are his body here on earth. Jesus did not minister in earthly power. He ministered in radical love. When he healed, it was from a heart that overflowed with compassion. When Jesus prophesied to the Samaritan woman in John 5, five times divorced and at present in a wrong relationship, Jesus did so with such tenderness and love that she left the jar she had with her at the well and she went running to tell her whole village about this man called Jesus. When he healed, he raised Lazarus from the dead. He did so from a heart of love and compassion. Jesus wants our cooperation as his body to encompass his love as well as his power. The word Paul used for Jesus' love is agape. It is different from our love for family, friends, spouse. It means God's undeserved, often unrequited love for humankind. A love so unworldly that a new word, agape, came into being in the New Testament. Paul is teaching about the need to minister with Christ's own love. If we are to be his body, the church, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need his anointing as much to love with this love in chapter 13 as we do to minister with the gifts in chapters 12 and 14. This beautiful passage is about agape, love, and in verses 8 to 13 it tells us that Jesus is coming back. Then our incomplete knowledge will turn into face-to-face -face fellowship with God. How wonderful will that be? The pastor and I, after we had opened God's word together, knew a sincere love in Christ for one another. With all our differences and from very different worlds, with very different ways and different languages. I was also a woman in Congo, a man's world, yet we felt one in Christ. Pastor and I were beginning to understand what it was truly to be the body of Christ. Pat had obviously paved the way, for she really lived out what agape was in her life through the Holy Spirit in her. She truly loved people, and the people had taken her into her heart. So much so, an elder, a beautiful African lady, told me on a visit to her home. Pat was now her daughter, and Pat addressed her as Mama. That's what Jesus, 
Agape love does. It does more than just remove boundaries. It makes us family. It makes us one body in Christ. Today, as we seek in the Church of England to understand what it means to be human and about living in love and faith with one another, God's Word reminds us, as the body of Christ is about agape, about love, not our diversity or differences, for we are one, Christ's body, through the Holy Spirit in us. And three things remain, faith, hope and love, and the greatest of these is love.